Well, hello, everybody. Jai Bhagwan. Namaste. This is Satyavani Gayatri, and I am with my fabulous colleague, Pragya Jamie Marich here. Um, we are in our new season of Tea and Take, and so we are happy that you are here to join us. Today's topic is about pilgrimage, or holy expedition, if you would. Both Pragya and I have had recent pilgrimages to India, um, doing actually similar but yet different things. And so I thought I would start today by um, first asking my Acharya and loving lineage sister here um, to set the stage for what your pilgrimage um, was like, and um, was this your first time in India? I believe it was, right? Am I correct? It was, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, a lot of times people go on a holy expedition because there is seeking that is happening. And so I'm, I'm curious as to what your intentions were with your pilgrimage, and um, tell us a little bit about it. I really dig the phrase holy expedition. as Right? A explanation for pilgrimage because pilgrimage is something I've written about something I've studied I've gone on many in multi-faith contexts and this is as you mentioned my first pilgrimage that I took to India and even the whole nature of it coming about is a lesson in pilgrimage and one of those lessons for me has always been what you expect is often not what happens and that's it's never gonna happen right <laughs> So my initial, I've been craving a voyage to India for quite some time because of my deepened path in yoga study. And originally, uh, Amrit Yoga Institute had planned their Yoga Nidra training there for a certain set of dates. And I was all excited because I needed to take the Yoga Nidra training. I moved some things around in my calendar to make it happen because, you know, my schedule's very, very weird. And then I learned at some point last summer about a minute after I booked my flight, oh, no. AYI had to move the dates because of a conflict they had with some bookings and their other programs. And I mean, in my opinion, they moved the dates with ample notice, but with my schedule being what it is. It, Which is very tight. Yeah, I, I just could not make a move again in order to accommodate the dates. And I mean, at first my reaction was, you know, damn it. And then it said, well, just go to India. I mean, that's kind of what the inner voice said. Maybe it actually will work out better this way that you're not in a training in your first experience in India. And you can actually see the things. You can do some of the tourist things. You can visit a lot of the holy sites you wanted to visit. And uh, my friend Erin had initially been kind of eyeing the training as well. And she and I had a conversation and felt kind of similarly that maybe this worked out for a reason. I mean, I know that sounds kind of cliched. No, not at all. Yeah. And indeed, it, it was lovely. I, I did get to go to Malav and, and visit uh, Bapaji's uh, Temple of Mahasamadhi. Uh, so that's where I began the journey. And then uh, eventually I went back to the journey there. I began the journey there. Yeah. And what, and and what, just, can you just tell me a little bit as well as our listeners, you set the stage of what that was like. I mean, you know, our lineage um, being that of the Kripalu lineage and being at our guru's gurus, mm -hmm. uh, Maha Samadhi, you know, final resting space, mm -hmm. um, had to be pretty powerful. I have yet to go and I know that we were WhatsApping um, back and forth mm -hmm. when um, you had arrived there and you sent me a picture of what the outside of um, the beautiful resting place looked like. But what was the feeling? What was the vibe? 
obviously something I needed to share with you and my Baba Shantan and people who I know love Bapaji. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was, I mean, when I arrived, there was a bit of this sense of, oh, I'm in India. Like that <laughs> of was part of my experience. But to just, I just remember that night, I almost felt like I wanted to sleep outside, right? Oh like kind of curled up in, against the temple. And it, it was lovely. It was just so lovely um, in a lot of ways. I mean, I felt I got to do some very deep meditation and sadhana and writing with the very short time I got to spend there. That was just steeped in Bapaji's presence. Yet I had such beautiful interactions with the people of Malav. And just to greet each other with Jai Bhagwan was something I couldn't even describe, that it was just as commonplace as saying hello to people. Indescribable. Mm-hmm. Indescribable. And, and the direct community that's there mm-hmm. um, are, for all intents and purposes, um, Kripalu lineage, oh, devotees. seekers and devotees and, and all of that. Yeah, because this was the family and the community that, uh, the, the Patel family on whose property this, this all kind of went down. Um, was who Bapaji wanted to, you know, give this over to his his, his legacy in that form, and yeah, I I just had an amazingly wonderful experience. I wish I could have stayed there longer, um, and at some point I would like to to be able to go and just engage in my own sadhana, my own practice there, whether or not it's involved with the training or not. Um, It's still special. I have the picture of the Mandir as my lock screen on my phone still, just as a reminder of an overwhelming sense of peace and presence that I tapped into there. You know, I I love that you you bring that, um, the idea of peace and presence, because, you know, Oftentimes with pilgrimage, there is this seeking is cleansing, if mm-hmm. you would. Right. So we, we go with an intentions um, and maybe those intentions, like you said, you know, play themselves out or they don't. I mean, you know, India is a very interesting place where everything, like you said, that you expect, you know, may or may not happen. In a lot of ways, it usually does, and it usually winds up being something very different. Right. Um, but along with pilgrimage is this, this cleansing effect, and there's also this re-evaluation um, and recommitment, mm-hmm. if you would, to our spiritual path, to kind of letting go of the mundane um, material world mm-hmm. kinds of um, things that we get very distracted by. And, and in, sure. in, in Hinduism, um, there's this concept of, of vratas or commitments, you know, mm-hmm. where we, we make these commitments to something that is higher than ourselves. And, and those vratas become a dedication and, it, and dedication drives us closer to concentration. And in, and in many ways, that sort of Patanjali's eight limb path starts to evolve in a very tangible way um, when we are on pilgrimage. And so I'm, I'm curious what your experience was like. Am I, am I off record or am I kind of oh. out there with that? Or did you oh, feel sure. that? Uh, something that we often teach, especially in the Christian context around pilgrimage, is it's supposed to be hard. That's part of why, even though you can take a pilgrimage within or you never have to really leave your house to take a pilgrimage of the soul, that what travel adds to it 
is the challenges of travel, as you know, can come with a lot of expectations being crushed. And that's exactly what happened because my pilgrimage began with a 19-hour delay in Chicago. Because of the conflict, oh, with even the country. Yeah, and, and, and as soon as that happened, it was this sense of, of course, of course, this is pilgrimage, and it's cutting into my time in Malav. And yet, I did get to spend some lovely extra time with friends in Chicago, and it was a chance to kind of embrace this part of the sadna, which is all right. You have no control over this. Absolutely, and. and- it's so interesting because, like, I'll, I'll, from an Ayurvedic perspective, if I will, you know, we get very, um, when we're getting ready for pilgrimage, there's all this energy that's there. There's, you know, the, the desire and, um, you know, pizza starts moving, we get heated up, and then, you know, our vata is like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited, and we get all this stuff in our head. And, and then the essence of the pilgrimage kind of slaps you, and it's like, like you're gonna be here mm-hmm. now in the, wherever here and now is and for you it was Chicago yeah. um, and you are going to enjoy every moment of that versus I'm living in the future I want to get there I want to get to the next space I want to get to Malab I want to see the Maha Samadhi etc um, but rather you know, the, the energies and the, the spirits that be and, and God kind of guide us in that space of just like, no, you know what, like, you do need to spend some time with friends in Chicago right now. And it's going to be okay. No problem. Mm-hmm. For sure. So some other interesting challenges presented themselves on the pilgrimage, which you actually helped me through that I, I want to give a shout out because as we'll hear about Satyavani's journey here in a moment. Uh, yeah, we were there at the same time, which, which was neat, even though I was in the North, she was in the South and through the modern marvels of technology, we were able to stay in touch. So after, after Malav, I, I did kind of the tourist thing. I got to go to the Taj Mahal, which was out of this world and some places in Delhi. And then I went to, which is, which is essentially the home country of my other spiritual lineage to which I'm closely tied, that of Neem Karoli Baba uh, Maharaji, who many of you would know as the guru of Ram Das and Krishna Das and, and that whole crew from the late 60s, early 70s. And so his, his primary temple is in a place called Kainchi, which is yep. in the Himalayas near, near Nainital. And so I, I had so many, I could probably fill a whole episode, so I'll just summarize it to say that everything that Neem Karoli Baba has done for me in that astral plane he's in now (laughs) was so made manifest in the site. You know, I have a great devotion to Hanuman uh, and he's believed to be an incarnation of Hanuman. And just, I I was telling Aaron the whole time, I feel like I'm in Hanuman country up here. so lovely. Yet where you ended up helping me out was like (laughs) like the great virgin traveler to India. I contracted my first case of mild dysentery um, through some sketch food I came into contact with. And yeah, I was able to reach out to my Ayurvedic um, clinician to say, help, help me, please. No, I, I loved it. I, and I, you know, it's funny. I, I got a, um, a text while I was away because, um, mm-hmm. as you know, I was in Kerala doing right. my advanced disease pathology training. Appropriately. Kerala, yes. And, and it, the timing couldn't have been any better because um, – we had just talked about, um, you know, and again, here's the irony of pilgrimage. You know, everything syncs up the way that it is. We had just studied that day um, IBS. Oh, wow. 
So so, on that token, tell us, our listeners, about this drink you gave me uh, to, to have them make me buttermilk with some. Buttermilk. Yeah. Yep. So the, um, the buttermilk, um, there were two components to the, the treatment of the, um, of the IBS or the, um, the dysentery, mm-hmm. um, which was to have the buttermilk. Um, and you can't get better buttermilk than you can in India, which, you know, you couldn't have been at a better place. Mm-hmm. So you had um, that. And then um, there was also just, the um, rice porridge to help soothe the stomach. It was amazing. Um, yep. And then um, green gram to help with the digestive tract, which is really sprouted mung beans um, that are sauteed in some, you know, Ayurvedic spices. But it seemed to have worked its its way well, like, because you were fine within like two days, right? I had two bad days, yeah. yeah. Which also challenged me to take it easy. To, to rest. And, and I mean, we were in the best possible place on the journey for that to happen. Yep. Uh, yet I, I wrote a poem in response. Sometimes the pilgrimage gives you dysentery uh, <laughs> to make at least me, my experience with come to terms with my human limitations yep. and that I need to care for myself in that moment. But with the drink, I remember in the first two sips of it I had, I told Aaron, my traveling mate, this is nasty, but I feel it working on my stuff. Well, I didn't care for the taste of it. Of course not. I, I, immediately, I felt it just kind of work this love Coding. and drama. that that was amazing. So uh, it, I'm glad. Yeah, it, it was it was just absolutely wonderful. So since we're kind of on this topic, why don't you tell our friends who are listening to our chat what you were up to? Because this was this how many trips have you made? This is my sixth. This is my sixth trip to India. India. And okay. and much like you felt um, very at home in mm-hmm. Hanuman country, if you would, um, mm-hmm. in Kerala from an Ayurvedic perspective, um, mm-hmm. I, I felt very much um, at home. And then my other secondary home is um, in Rishikesh because that's um, Lord Shiva territory. And, and as you know, you know, that's mm-hmm. part of our, our lineage line. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, what was amazing as far as the holy expedition was concerned is really to be in the belly of the roots of Ayurveda, you know, and Ayurveda comes from Kerala um, and it's a very unique space. Um, There are herbs and, and all sorts of um, botany that exists in Kerala that actually some don't even exist in other parts of India. So, you know, for me to be able to study sacred medicine, Mm -hmm. Um, as part of my my pilgrimage, because I've done many of the yogic and, and spiritual pilgrimages. Um, and this cleansing was being able to get into the sacred medicine piece of it. Mm. And, you know, and I know that we've talked about and probably will talk about just the idea of um, the the human experience and, you know, the human self and the divine self. Mm. And what I really appreciate about um, Ayurveda is that it's really a balance of both. Like I can touch both my human self yeah. um, from a biological standpoint, as well as my divine self because of the divinity that Ayurveda represents. Yeah. Um, and so for me, like I was like a kid at Christmas time, you know, <laughs> if I'm going to use my, my old Catholic background where the two really just came together in a space where I could, I could just study like 
the pathology of disease or dis-ease, if mm -hmm. you would, but also understanding that the, the, the treatments of it and, um, and being in that experience has a sacredness that is just unmatched um, in the West, you know, and, you know, we're very used to hearing a lot about clinical allopathic ways of being and, and, you know, and in different parts of the country, there's different alternatives that are being introduced, but to be in a place where allopathic medicine is not really discussed right. and that, you know, the, the way of medicine, um, is in this Ayurvedic tradition was just amazing. Much like I would imagine, um, although I haven't experienced directly, much like the shamanic traditions are, you know, in Central and South America. Um, and just to be embodied, embraced by that. I mean, to wake up in the morning and to do a morning sadhana with an instructor who was just fabulous and to, to be in that vibration, mm. mind, body, and soul was just incredible. So thank you for asking. Sure. And how is this training different from other ones? Because you've been to Kerala other times for training, yes? Well, I've been, I've been to Kerala one other time. Um, and this training was um, really understanding the pathogenesis, and the, the development in the pathogenesis and the treatment of mm -hmm. disease. Sure. And we studied um, 60 different disease pathologies in 30 days. And I had final exams on every single one of them. And we did clinical rounds at an Ayurvedic hospital, um, which was amazing. And just to be able to be in that language and to wow. talk about things like that versus like, you know, here in the States, you get a lot of people like, oh, well, I have a headache, go take Tylenol. You know, it's like, no, actually, you know, and to be able to use that, that languaging. Um, but it was, it was both academic and spiritual together, which are like really my two loves, which was so amazing. How did it impact your personal sadhana? How it impacted my personal sadhana, you know, much like you, which I, I appreciate when you said that sometimes pilgrimage gives you dysentery. Um, in addition to studying, um, I was also able to go through Ayurvedic treatments in the form of Abhyanga and Shiradhara and, and different kinds of um, herbal regimens. And to really know that my life in the West can really get out of control mm. and really push me into dis-ease. And so from a spiritual perspective, from a sadhnik standpoint, mm -hmm. I really understood intimately the power and the need for constant healing and rejuvenation. Yeah. And that's a lot of what, I mean, there were days in, in sadhna and even after class where I would literally be brought to tears because the energetic of all of it was just so powerful. And it was like, you need to pay attention to this, you know, and, and I'm going to turn 45 in, let's see, today is the third in eight days. Um, yeah. So a week from tomorrow. And that was very, um, not the age issue, but the fact like, wow, like this could be my half life. Right. If I live 90, you know, I'm open to live to hundred, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. um, but this could be my half life. And how do I want to do the next half? Versus, you know, the first half. So it was great. That's lovely. That's lovely. That's just lovely. Uh, and I like how you framed it that way. Thank you. So Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to go back. Uh, and I think everybody should go to India. 
Especially and if, if yoga's touched your life in any way, for sure. Absolutely. And, and I think that it's, if you want to be a true yogi and not like an Instagram yogi <laughs> or a Facebook yogi, um, which I guess technically aren't really yogis, um, having a, an experience, a pilgrimage in India is a necessary component. I mean, I would imagine you would agree with that. So. I, I would most definitely agree with that. And I, uh, I also, I want to punctuate the, the story with how my pilgrimage ended, which was yes. to spend time with our dear friend Malika's family in Delhi uh, for the Festival of Holi, uh, which fell during the last couple of days that we spent. So we got to bombard each other with colors and so beautiful. Out with an Indian family to, to celebrate that. And uh, we should have Malika on a tea and take episode now that oh, I think about absolutely. It. Well, when we're at the ashram in um, August, yeah. we're definitely doing that. Well, sure. we'll make it happen. And, and it was so lovely to be able to end there was because I mean, there were just so many different experiences that happened along the way. I mean, between dealing with some not nice people along the way, but knowing that nice people were there to help us through it was, was an interesting bit. Um, I won't get into the whole story, but I had to kind of use some ingenuity to uh, Jimmy a litter box for myself out of some <laughs> old dinner refuse that our hotel had given us because there was no bathroom on our overnight bus and nature absolutely called. Oh, present moment. Present yes. moment. Yes, and Malika even joked, when are you writing the piece that sometimes the pilgrimage makes you... Yes. You will the box, box. On the overnight bus. Because <laughs> it does uh, engender this sense of creative thinking and living with the unexpected, which goes back to a point I made earlier. This is why if travel is a possibility, even if it's car travel, uh, like even last night, we came back from Muktidam, which is right. where, where our beloved Bapuji was in residence here in the U.S. And, and a pilgrimage in and of itself. Yes, and it was a, a five and a half hour drive type of pilgrimage, and I took it with with my my Baba and one of my friends, and we even had challenges on that trip with road construction last night, and it really we all had this moment as we just wanted to get home and get into bed, where it's like that's not in the plan right now, we can't do anything about it. Nope. So let's sing and hang out and enjoy each other's company and be present. And that's what it is all about is about being present. And with Ayurveda, with spirituality, with pilgrimage, it really is, at the end of the day, it comes back to living in the present moment because we will never have another one just like this. Yep. And if we're living so much in the future, we are not only missing so many things, but we're also depleting so many things. So I'm glad we will talk about this. Great place to wrap this one up. So thank you for joining us for another episode of Tea and Take. And please continue to check in for future episodes as we continue these very fun and, and hopefully enlightening conversations on marrying our East-West practices. Absolutely. Jai Bhagwan. Jai Bhagwan. Mm -hmm.